Hello everyone, Uh, it's good to be back, I hope you're enjoying the podcast, and thank you to everyone who has become sponsors, it's really great, Um, our temple and our sangha, we're really happy to be here, but it takes you guys to to help us, so I really appreciate the support, the donations and that that we receive. If you wish to donate to us, please uh, send to uh, seattlebuddhist at hotmail.com, you can do that through PayPal. And once again, we really appreciate it because we we love helping people with teaching and spreading the Dharma no matter what their situation is. So once again, thank you. Uh, Today I'd like to talk about something that uh, I'm always trying to find a more deeper understanding of, especially my responsibility uh, as a teacher and as a guide to uh, help people. And what is the tr- correct traditional Buddhist way? Uh, a lot of times, as we see in the modern Buddhist practice, a lot of things have changed. A lot of people don't know because we weren't around for a hundred years. But a uh, hundred years or more, uh, what did Buddhism look like? And even before that, such as like when our founder uh, Nichiren Shonen was alive. So, I believe that I try to understand as deeply as possible those core principles and of course, uh, practice them in my daily life. So today I wanted to talk about the difference between a teacher and a guide. Okay, so basically, I, I've i been working with Kageyama Sensei, and he really has gone deeply because, as I stated, he is not somebody who uh, entered Buddhism through a Buddhist family. He, like myself and, and a lot of Buddhist practitioners, uh, became practitioners uh, not coming from a Buddhist family and then deciding to become a priest uh, not coming from a priest family or being a temple family. So therefore, that's a whole different game uh, because a lot of times uh, the the perceptions are different because they're passed on, of course, from father to child uh, as far as what and how a Buddhist temple should be run and people taught. And so I really admire this part of uh, his teaching and clarification because, again, uh, my my feeling is that, and, and this is why Sangha is so important, I practice not only for myself but for all of you uh, in that I really want to, with the resources and opportunities that I have, to always ask the questions and to go deeper and not just accept answers, because I realize that the answers and teachings that I accept and and understand, first of all, I need to fully understand them, realize them myself, experience them myself, but then be able to properly understand them in the context of our practice and my practice, and to transmit them correctly, because this is coming to the point of the idea of a teacher and a guide. So the idea of a teacher is somebody who, as we think about in a general school sense, somebody who teaches us geography, uh, teaches us theories, ideas, etc. So therefore, one example that they said is that a teacher is someone who points to the map, talks about the geography, kind of where uh, where the practice is. Like, for instance, enlightenment, if you use the metaphor of a mountain. And the path that you should take. Now, this is, in the sense, and this is just to give you some background of why I'm saying teacher, is because a lot of times nowadays, a lot of priests 
um, go through training and are recognized by organizations such as I am I have attended the 35-day Shingyo Dojo training and I'm recognized by Nichiren Enshu. but what is the difference like for instance I'm recognized them by them but according of course our main concept our main point and the main resource of our practice is of course the Buddha and the Sangha so of course these are all organizations and just because one is recognized by an organization doesn't necessarily mean one has the uh, right to teach or guide other people so again back to the concept of teacher so teacher is one that points to a map and shows uh, the route and the geography etc however a guide uh, actually has walked the path before the student had walked the path, uh, before the others have walked the path. They've walked the path, they've come back, they understand the path a little better, and then they can take other people up. That's why I really like mountain training, because this is exactly what that is in a physical sense. But also our Buddhist practice should be that way. That, you know, for myself, a lot of times people teach Buddhist uh, ideas and teachings from books, etc. And then people take tests, uh, people uh, understand in different ways. But in reality, the teacher hasn't realized it fully. So for instance, I would say they haven't walked the path. They have it in theory. They understand perhaps what uh, Buddhism is or specific teachings, but how to make them applicable on the path, on the road, uh, is the most important. And for me, uh, that's what I'm looking for, because uh, a lot of times, you know, you can sit there, and people do all the time, that's why the internet is full of people doing this, they are simply asking questions about Buddhism. However, Buddhism is something that is not existent in our mind or thoughts. Okay? but actually something that is actualized in our life. This can and should be only taught by a guide, because a teacher can give you the idea, however, the student can still misunderstand that. And the transmission is just mind to mind. But actually, with the teacher of a guide, someone who has already gone, as they go through it, the guide not only leads and supports the uh, student, but protects them as well. Because a lot of times, you know, going on the path by yourself can be very dangerous, especially if you are not familiar with the path. Also, the idea of missing what the purpose is. Because if we go onto a path with our own purposes, with our own ideas, thinking, I don't need the teacher, I don't need anyone else on the path, we come to the idea of the Prataki Buddha and the shavaka, you know, this kind of arrogant, selfish mind in which we miss many things on the path, the most importantly being that of compassion, of allowing and helping others to come. But the other is that we really miss the life opportunity, the full teaching that would be given by somebody who is truly a guide. So this is a really essential concept. It may seem simple, but it may it is pretty profound. And also there was a saying, and I hope I can convey this correctly to everybody, that 
you know, they use the example, I guess this is a pretty old uh, Japanese saying, but that the crab, when it buries itself in the sand, only digs a hole big enough for its shell. So it never builds, digs a hole bigger than itself or smaller than itself. And what that means is, they use this concept that depending on the experience of your guide, your guru, your uh, uh, teacher, that is the size of that space that you can fit in. They never make it bigger. So therefore, it's very important uh, that when we are practicing Buddhism, that we are looking and aware of someone who has practical experience, not just in theory and not just teaching theoretical ideas. It's nice to think that you're learning uh, all of these important practices by simply talking about it or reading a book. But if that was the way to enlightenment, everyone would be fine. We'd all be enlightened because there's so many books that we've all read. However, we haven't walked the path. And, and that's why actually guides are extremely rare in this world. Because to be a guide, you really need to give yourself fully to the practice. That means even though you are a lay person, right? You have to have the kind of mind of a pre of a monk, okay? And when I'm saying that, I'm not just saying celibacy or any of that kind of stuff. What I mean is that the difference between uh, the regular mind and the mind of a monk is that they look at the Dharma in everything that they do. So always they're going back to the Dharma. The Dharma is their foundation. How many people can say that? So think about yourself. When something happens in your life, do you look to the Dharma? Do you automatically understand it through the Dharma? How do you deal with that? Again, that is the purpose of a guide. And again, a guide doesn't necessarily do much talking. That's another important thing. It's more about practice than it is about talking. Teachers talk hours upon hours. We all probably experience that within our education system. If you've gone to school, high school, college, etc. Teachers love to talk. But again, like for instance, I had a really amazing philosophy teacher. He knew every philosophy, every great teacher, every great uh, teaching. And he really were, was interested in them. However, he was never able to grasp them. And the way that that was exemplified was that his life was so upside down. He had many failed marriages. He had many troubles in his life. And ultimately, in dealing with his life, he didn't have the tools. He had all of the philosophy, which of course he could rationalize to himself or perhaps other people. But in the end we have to realize what actually will change us to make us aware of what's inside of us and to actualize pardon me actualize it that's really a challenge because anyone can say words and call themselves a teacher but to actually go into the practice to actually have experience Entering concentration, walking the path of the Buddha in the daily life, because 
you know, when you think about a guide, attainment isn't something in Buddhism that is something people show off. A guide simply guides people. We walk alongside of them. And through that, we have our own realization. Because again, the size of the shell of the crab is how much infra, how much you will learn. So that's very important to realize. Now, there are many really nice, wonderful, great teachers in the world who have a lot of information. However, like reason we follow Buddha, Buddha is a guide. His teaching is a guidance for us to have an experiential practice in our life. That's the most important. But again, and I've fought this idea many times during my life, because perhaps we have that American spirit of independence, that we could do it without a teacher, without a guide. Right? But actually the guide is the one that leads us into the mountain, because we're too afraid to actually go into the mountain. And that when we're in the mountain and we overcome our own fears, we experience with our legs, our hands, our body, the realization of practice. Because that's where true practice manifests, is in your life. So as I said in the kind of advertisement for this podcast, if your life is ill, if you are sick, okay, if you have an emotional imbalance, something is wrong in your life. And I think you know it. Hopefully you know it. That's why you'd probably be listening to this. But you have to do action to change that. Philosophy is not enough to simply change your mind. So therefore, I encourage all of you to find a good guide to support and practice with actualizing the practice in your body. Then through our body, because that is the most mundane thing that we deal with every day, you wake up, the aches, the pains, the good feeling, the bad feeling. We experience life through this body. And through this, we can also experience our practice. So don't regulate yourself to just thinking Buddhism is just a good thought idea, a good happy idea, an idealism. Because idealism will, will not take you very far. Because when the cards, when the people, when the things are put on the table, what is left? Only thing that is left is our life experience. So I encourage all of you, please live Buddhism. Please have the mentality of being a true disciple of the Buddha. And experience Buddhism through your life with the proper guidance of a good guide, one who has walked before the path. So I thank everyone for again supporting this podcast. I hope you enjoyed, uh, and I look forward to the next time that we speak. So have a very good day. Thank you.